0: welcome to another episode of two bees in a pot can you believe it a second episode since we've returned i mean let's just be honest we were gone for a hot minute so anything was really possible it wouldn't be past us to only put up one random episode but here we are with number two but anyways, I thought, given the fact that we were gone for a hot minute, it might be useful to do a quick little recap slash um, reminder of exactly who we slash the two bees in the pod are. So I'll start with myself. My name's Jeanette. I'm 38 years young, emphasis on the young part. I'm white, I'm female, and I'm gay. And we have my co-host and friend Shireen, Shireen's just a little younger than me. She's a woman of color and she's straight. And yes, she is straight because if you listen to past episodes, we tried to see if we could somehow figure out if she ever would maybe once for a second, maybe not be straight, but nope, she's straight. So are these identifiers important to know? Uh, yes and no. But I think they are important to be aware of because they help um, you as the listener understand the unique perspectives that we each bring to our various and varied podcast topics. And today's topic is, dun dun dun, menopause. Now I'm not going to lie, my understanding of menopause is very limited. And Shireen brings up a good point in today's conversation when she wonders, Is it perhaps just because we as women don't talk about it enough? And then I thought back about my conversations that I've had with my mother about said topic and they usually went something like this. We would be in a really cold home, car, apartment, you name it. And I'd make some bratty comment about how freezing cold it was and then she'd turn to me and say something along the lines of just wait, you'll understand someday or... I can't wait till you have to deal with this. And then that would be our conversation. So Shireen might be onto something. But I also was wondering if my lack of understanding might have anything to do with my unique perspective as a gay female. And by unique, what I mean here is gold star. So look it up if you need to. But from a young age, I was just never concerned nor had a reason to be concerned with things like on one of pregnancies or whoops I might get pregnant and is he using a condom so I better go or maybe I should go get this or that or a million other things and birth control and so because of all that a lot of women's reproductive health issues kind of sit in a box in the corner so I feel like in many ways I'm like a guy when it comes to these kind of topics which is hysterical given the fact that I am a woman and I'm gonna have to deal with this topic someday myself so enough intro blab let's get into the conversation join me as we learn something hopefully about menopause well hello hey hello how's it
1: going hello good <laughs> I haven't heard your voice in quite some time <laughs> it's been a couple of years
0: it's been a while yeah.
1: for anyone listening hi Sarah hi previous (laughs) guest I think since the last time we've talked you got married I don't think we've talked since you've been married yeah and became a dog mom (laughs) oh such a dog mom (laughs) (laughs) she's a big old baby I was going to say because I became a dog mom in that time too and I had no idea that I was going to be that kind of dog mom. Like, yeah, it's I pick slope. my dog up when other dogs are too loud around my dog. I'd like, oh, baby, come here. And they know to look at me and give me that, like, pick me up stance because they know Aww. I'll pick them up if other dogs are too scary. <laughs> so, I'm that kind of dog parent. I love it. Yeah. If he wasn't 90 pounds, I'd probably do the same all the time. Oh yeah. Mine's only 30. So well, 30 or five, depending on which one. (laughs) (laughs) But that's kind of a segue into how we're hoping to approach this conversation as kind of a, Oh man, they don't tell you certain things. (laughs) Like if I wish I had known, and, oh, so many things I wish I had known. <laughs> exactly. But this one, so what we're going to talk about is menopause. And if anybody's ever listened to this, they're going to think you guys are entirely too young to know about menopause. And we're here to tell you, if you're in the same age group, we're going to warn you about menopause. Because <laughs> nobody warns you about menopause. They'll be like, oh, uh, the heat flashes. And that's, and that's all you ever hear. I don't know about you, but that's all I've ever heard about menopause—is that there are heat flashes. Yeah, yes. and that's just the the beginning. <laughs> exactly, that. So before we start, yes. what is your impression of menopause?
0: Um, heat flashes, <laughs> and <laughs> it, it, it. I guess moodiness at times. Um, but that's. Really? Yeah, it's usually like uh, me arguing with people who always are wanting the windows down or the AC on.
1: That <laughs> reminds me. So, one of my, for lack of a better term, stepkids was just like, we were driving somewhere. And, mind you, I am like four or five months into my journey <laughs> of menopause. And then finally he's like, what medication are you guys on? And then I was like, that's a really weird question from a teenager. But I was like, well, I take, you um, know, I was like, and I start listing off medications. And then he's like, well, which, which medication is making one of you freeze me out constantly? I am tired of being cold." <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's me. Your dad hates it too. <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah, that's yeah, battling to not be cold is one of the things. Um, uh, yeah, I but, mean,
0: I, I would say that's my gist. And to be honest, I don't know. I mean, I've never had a conversation with anybody about it.
1: And that's why I want to do this because a lot of women don't talk about our feminine, sex centric or female-centric, I should say, um, issues. You know, I, I've, I've had fights with friends who didn't want me to talk about my period and or my cramps. And I'm like, if a man can say he has a headache, how come I can't say I have cramps? It's just as natural. It's just as annoying. Like, you know, it's no <laughs> so different than a migraine. But, you know, we, we put these stigmas on the experiences that are just female because men are like, ew, that's gross. How is a cramp gross? I didn't even mention the period part. I just said I had a a pain. (laughs) And so it's so stupid to me. But yeah, so we don't talk about it. And then we have our mothers and our grandmothers before us who have gone through this, and they have been socialized to not bring up the nitty-gritty details. So we have no idea what we're in store for because I too thought, Menopause is just heat flashes. So, uh, Sarah, I would love if you could start us off and talk about your experience, how you, how you came to be in menopause, because yours is way more intense than mine. I, almost should, I probably should start because mine's lame. It's only a few months, but I want you to start.
0: <laughs> no,
1: I don't. One thing that you need to remember, like when you're talking about any of this, Nobody's experience is lame because obviously it's it's all relative, and yeah, that's true. I would I would never begrudge somebody who had to complain about cramps and them saying that theirs obviously wasn't as bad as mine or whatever. Like your life is your life and your pain tolerance is your pain tolerance. So horrible is horrible. <laughs> exactly. Um, as of today, uh, I'm 38 years old, and I have gone through menopause six times. I am on my sixth and final time because I had a hysterectomy in June of last year. But the first time I went through medically induced menopause, I was 16. And I went huh. on depo lubron for six months. Um, I was 16. My mom had... Uh, just gone through having hysterectomy because she had uterine cancer. And we were both going through menopause at the same time. (laughs) So we definitely, uh, the hell out of my stepdad. (laughs) Um, it was summer, but we were cold and we were turning the heat up and then it'd be hot and we'd be hot. And so we'd be turning the air conditioning on and he, that poor guy couldn't win. Um, and after six months, they thought that it would help my enemy this, but it didn't. So I went on to have surgeries. And then every time you have a surgery, you have this period of time where you're doing better. But then I had a severe enough case that it would come back. And so I jumped through all the hoops of different birth controls, different shots, implants, all of the different types of things that they can try to uh, take care of your hormones with, only to have to go through surgery again. And it was during one of my last laparoscopies that uh, my doctor finally said, hey, you know, I think maybe we should think about a hysterectomy, but I want to try Lupron one more time. (laughs) And I did. And even on the Lupron, I was bleeding nonstop for basically (gasps) two and a half months. It's impressive when you could be going through menopause and bleed for two months at the same time. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> the one, I got to say, for my experience, the plus side was not bleeding, no period. Um, That's probably one of maybe one and a half plus sides. to <laughs> <and a> <laughs> But, yeah. Because yeah. you, usually you think, too, like, oh, I can't get pregnant. And now it's, uh, when you're on Lupron, because that's exactly how I ended up in menopause, but for, um, what do you call it? Uh, fibroid. So I was doing my first treatment of fibroids and she's like, you absolutely cannot get pregnant (laughs) because you know, that's a medication that basically cuts off your estrogen production. So your baby making parts still work, but that would be so detrimental to any growing child if it even was viable um so yeah so anyway so sorry so back to that so you still bled for two and a half I still months bled. Which- and so i finally convinced the doctors that um the hysterectomy was the right choice for- <laughs> it was the right choice for me after dealing with the um the endometriosis for 24 years and uh went through with it and they confirmed with the pathology from the me that I also had adenomyosis, which is, so endometriosis is where the uterine cells grow outside of the uterus. And mm-hmm. adenomyosis is where it basically grows in the walls of your uterus. So they couldn't see it during a hysteroscopy because the cells weren't on, the growth wasn't on the inside of my uterus and they couldn't find it in the laparoscopies because it wasn't on the outside of my uterus. It was essentially like, if you looked at insulation, You can't see the insulation on either side of the wall, but it's on the inside. And so that's where they found it with the adenomyosis. And after surgery, like after the regular healing pains of surgery, I've had no pain since. I've had no issues with bleeding. I've had plenty of hormonal issues because, (laughs) damn. But, you know, no more pain. So I am living a much better life. Well, congratulations for finally being able to get to that. Um, so yeah, as I was saying, for me, it was um, fibroids, and I kind of so I had a period you could set a, a calendar to, I'd like to say, like I, consistent every month. Um, and then one day it wasn't. but of course, it was like right after I'd broken up with a boyfriend. And so I was like freaking out because so I was like, I will kill myself if I'm pregnant. <laughs> Don't worry about the abortion; I'll just die. And then, uh, um, then it came eventually, like ten or fifteen days late, and I came with a force. Like, just oh my god! I've never, like, i I'm not. I've had heavy periods, and this was heavy. Like, you have to change things every hour or two um, so that's what kind of set me off to eventually go get it checked out and then sure enough it was fibroids so it was fine but it wasn't until I bled for 40 days straight because I had been having longer longer periods and I got to like 42 days of bleeding I was like I absolutely have to do something about this so my gynecologist recommended Lupron Depot and pretty much about two weeks into it because I thought, like I've heard of people who don't have really bad heat flashes. So first of all, the shot gave me bad headaches for about a week. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, because you know how you're worried about feeling symptoms that you're not actually feeling, you know, you're like, oh, maybe this is just all in my head. So I was feeling myself get war- warm and I was like, oh, I'm just having warm flurry. You know, because I was thinking, well, I'm not drenched in sweat, anything like that. So I was like, maybe this will be the worst of it. No, I started having (laughs) where you're sitting. And for me, what it would be is if I was anywhere and I got too warm, like if I had just been a normal person, I'd have been like, oh, I'm a little warm my body would overreact and be like, did you say heat flash? (laughs) It would would come from like my belly area and just be like, you're hot now. Um, So that was, that was the heat flashes. Okay, fine. No problem. And then I started to notice sex started to become painful. And at first, you know, I'm thinking congratulations to my boyfriend nope, (laughs) this is, oh, this is hurting every time. And then you start not wanting to have it and you're thinking, oh, it's because I just don't want to go through the pain. But then you start to realize, I went from wanting it multiple times a day to I forgot to, like, my partner had to start reminding me that we have sex, which has never been the case. So the sex drive went to zero. And then, fun fact, it actually went to negative. I was starting to experience being grossed out by having sex. And I finally just admitted that to him. He didn't know. But I was like, huh, huh, why are we doing this? <laughs> so, the, As far as the mood swings, I think, I don't know if this happens in regular menopause, but for me... I think I was still experiencing a menstrual cycle because it felt like I was PMSing like I would normally PMS when I had a regular period. Like, it felt very cyclical. Um, and so I did still have those mood swings. But then you also become sleep-deprived because of the heat flashes. And then you lose your mind. <laughs> So my job is highly dependent upon me being very organized and being able to track things. And I couldn't do it for the life of me. I forgot everything. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I, I want to say those were the symptoms I experienced. And is there no that was about it yeah that was about it sarah i think
0: is shireen just being shireen or do any of these (laughs) seem like symptoms that should be related to menopause
1: every single one of them um and, and like you are definitely right as far as the cyclical Part of it. Yeah. Um, Because you still have your ovaries. And because I still have my ovaries, I took my fallopian tubes and my uterus, but because I still have ovaries, there's still hormones coming out of me. And so there will be times through the month that I will still be more emotional than others. All of a sudden, I'm watching a stupid Facebook commercial and I'm in tears. Um, (laughs) You know, or like watching a rerun of a comic, like a sitcom, and all of a sudden, like, I'm crying about something that is completely unrelated because it reminded me of it. Um, And I'm an emotional person. But, like, it got to a level that was just nuts when I was on the loop Like, and my mind would make these connections to things that weren't there. And it was, like... I've had friends go on it and text me within the first month, going like, "I think I'm going crazy." I'm mean, like, "You are. <laughs> it's it's mm-hmm. the drugs. Like, yeah, it's it's bad." Oh, I just remembered what the two the two other pluses were. I said, one and a half did And I was being dramatic, so that was Shereen being Shereen. Thanks, Jeanette. But in the <laughs> other, two more pluses, so I I remember um, a friend of mine. She had also gotten the hysterectomy, and she was like. I'm, I'm not tired anymore. She's like, I feel rested, finally. And I was like, that's insane. I would lo- I'll t- take my uterus now. And sure enough, you feel sleepy. You feel sleep-deprived. But you're not fatigued. And I yes. don't know... Well, you're if- not... <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm dealing with the chronic pain... <laughs> Well, for me, it wasn't necessarily chronic pain because, like, actually, when my, um, what do you call it, my fibroids started acting up, my cramps went down. And so fibroids don't necessarily cause a lot of pain, it's, and it's not polycystic or anything like that. It literally is estrogen. <laughs> estrogen is doing this to us. It is making us exhausted. And the other thing is... Um, Oh, I was never hungry. Not I rarely felt hunger. Didn't lose weight because it still makes you like do your period type of eating. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of emotional eating that happens because of the hormones. But yes, I was like, oh my god. And it, it, what it really opened my eyes up to was we have this belief like every we treat everybody like it's exactly the same. So. You know, like this medication is good for you. This type of exercise is good for you. Just eat less because you're, you're only hungry because you're emotionally eating or whatever. And this experience absolutely let me realize like, oh, I have been fighting a losing battle that no one will ever understand because I've had too much estrogen going through my body since I was six years old. So, yeah, I'm... Constantly tired. I'm constantly hungry, and you know, like you know, women—they take the pill, and then they gain weight because all of a sudden there's this more estrogen making them hungry. (laughs) Imagine your body just (laughs) naturally does that. (laughs) I would have never known until I got rid of my freaking estrogen. I was like, oh, so this is what's been happening this entire time. it's amazing to think that we've been going through this and studying hormones for so long, but we still have no idea what to do about them. Well, have we been really, truly studied? I guess that's where I become this conspiracy theorist. Like, why haven't they figured this out? Is it because science (laughs) is male-dominated and they just don't give a shit? And women are too afraid to talk about their periods so they don't want to be the one who's like, we need to research (laughs) why this bitch wants to eat all the time. Maybe it has to do, you know what I mean? Like, they should have figured this out forever ago. I shouldn't have doctors who don't understand that. At least it's come a little bit farther. Um, When they do hysterectomies anymore, they really try... To let you keep your own ovaries because putting somebody mm-hmm. who, as a younger, on hormone replacement therapy is yeah. brutal. It's definitely so brutal not to and that isn't anymore. it kind of like a? Yeah, exactly. And how many women had to die, unfortunately, to learn the hard lessons of that? Yeah. Um, so what I am curious about. And I remember when I found out like you were on Lupron and so having the same issues I was having for just, you know, this little microcosm of my life. But I had been with Derek for at least a year and a half at that point. Yeah, it was almost like exactly a year and a half. And then this happened. And he had to deal with me being with an IUD, which is a whole nother story. Um, But so... We've been together long, you know, for a while before I started going through this experience of like, sorry, but you're going to constantly be cold. I'm going to yell at you a lot. I'm sleepy. <laughs> I'm, I, you know, all this sort of stuff, and I don't want to have sex. With you. I remember at one point he was like, <laughs> sorry, give me a minute. He was like, babe. My dick needs attention, and I went, "Oh, oh, I'm so sorry." And I came over, I looked him in the face like I was gonna go kiss him, and then I, I crossed down and I started talking to his penis, and I was like, "Hey there, little buddy. I heard you need some attention." Oh my god! <laughs> How's it going, little guy? <laughs> Luckily, you know, he he laughed at it. I thought, I think I'm funny. (laughs) We went from, you know, he's a guy in his 40s, and I'm the one who's like, hey, you're ready to go most of the time, to I had to be reminded. So, my question is you got married somewhere in the middle of all this experience. Mm -hmm. And so, I feel like your body was going through some bullshit even while you were trying to have a new relationship and you know, as, as much as I'm like, no man's ever going to make me feel bad for anything that my body needs to go through. I still had to take moments where I would apologize or not apologize. Sorry. Let me take that back. I I rarely do that. Um, I would show gratitude for his patience. (laughs) So, um, Anyway, so, yeah, so how was that getting into this relationship? Like, how did this affect your now um, husband? It definitely had an effect on things. Thankfully, we had known each other since junior high. And so, even if it wasn't front and center in our friendship, he always knew that there was some sort of health issue. Um, He didn't obviously know the details of it until we were older and got to learn all of the details once we started to date. Uh, But he was super understanding about it and really supportive, uh, basically, of what I needed. Um, You know, we went through the super hot and heavy phase in the beginning of our relationship. And then as... We spent more time together, and we lived together. And he saw how hard and how painful things were for me. Um, he just really was supportive, and especially when it came down to the final decision of like, "Dude, are you cool if it's just you and me and the dog, and maybe we adopt or foster later on?" He his priority was my health and my well being, and that was it. Meant the world to me. Um, but he yeah. has definitely had to put, put up with, uh, painful sex and not having sex for weeks at a time. And, you know, it's not always fair to him, but <laughs> yeah. I gotta listen to my body sometimes. Yeah. Uh, well, apparently he's going to be applying for sainthood. head. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was a middle school teacher and it, teaches high school now. Like that guy's been a saint for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> oh man especially during this quarantine it is not easy on the teachers no. um but um yeah so i've talked a lot jeanette do you have any questions?
0: wait so that? this this medication would you say it's called loop wait what's it called
1: Lupron, L-U-P-R-O-N. Okay,
0: Lupron. So here's my question. um, Sarah, you don't take that anymore, or do you?
1: No, I do not. It's an injection, and a lot of times you can have it as a -a once-a-month injection or once every three months. There's also a pill now that's very similar to it called Orlista, I believe. Um, And because I no longer have a uterus, I don't have to worry about it. So, no medication for me.
0: So here's my question, and I don't know, because you guys are both new to this, if you can really answer it, is there a difference, though, between, I guess you'd say, Shereen, would you say yours is medically induced, as opposed to, Sarah, you're now kind of going through menopause in a more natural way?
1: Yeah, so the shot would definitely be considered, like, you call it hormone therapy, and it Mm. is a medically induced menopause, and... Yeah, now Sarah's just going through regular ass menopause.
0: <laughs> so I'm, I'm just curious, is there a difference between the two of them? If you can even speak to that, really.
1: Um, I have noticed less night sweats um, and Ooh. less hot flashes naturally hmm. than I ever had That's- while I was medically induced. Oh, side note. That a coworker of mine who has breast cancer, and I guess um, she wasn't using the term menopause, but it sounds like maybe the radiation put her into an early onset menopause, Mm -hmm. but she started having heat flashes after getting her therapy, and she said that once she started using edibles that they stopped. They would help with her heat flashes. So I haven't... um, I haven't found that it helps me but you know maybe if someone out there <laughs> needs to try and is going to do it anyway there you go uh, edibles might help with the heat flash good to know uh, did they you try me with the mood swings oh I'm sorry what did you say they helped me with mood swings <laughs> oh I'm impervious to relaxation so they helped me with nothing
0: did you okay. oh. Shireen did you try them once
1: um, okay, so here's what I did. I tried a one-to-one ratio. And if anybody knows me, this is a huge deal that I actually tried cannabis. <laughs> but anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's, that's how you know. Like my, my friend Ann was like, oh, wow, those heat flashes must have been bad because you were never going to do it. I was like, exactly. But anyway, so it was a one-to-one ratio, which I supposed to be pretty decent. And I tried just a quarter, and that didn't work. And so I tried a half, and then that didn't work. And then I tried swallowing it whole versus chewing, and that didn't work. And so I tried a whole one, and literally, and they were like, oh, and it put me to sleep immediately, so they were like, you were high when you were asleep. And I was like, except I wake up in the middle of the night to pee all of the time, and there was no stoned anything. I don't relax. Nice try, buddy. <laughs> so, oh,
0: I'm sorry yeah, that it worked, I, but I, I would say you probably have to try a different type, <laughs> maybe one that just doesn't make you pass out.
1: So, um yeah, I am not interested in feeling high or I'm afraid of getting paranoid. <laughs> I feel I'm worried that I had a a halluc- um an auditory halluc- hallucination and being that I have a family history of schizophrenia, I was like, nope, never again, not fucking with that. And plus it didn't cure it did not cure my heat flashes. So I was <laughs> like, well, you are pointless. Why do people do this? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, if you did ever want to try that again, which you sound like you don't, but in case you ever did, um, I would change your ratio to be much higher on the CBD side and much lower on the THC side. Because the CBD side so, is going to be the stuff that helps relax you. Okay. Except, I t- well, okay. I tried hemp oil, and I... I know they're like it's not exactly the same as CBD oil, but they were trying to say it was, and that also did not ever help me. Um, I really, guys, I, I just got to say, I'm impervious to relaxation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I think I took an Ambien once, and oh, I, I did not fall asleep, and not, not for this. This was like years ago when I was early 20s, because I was like, I cannot sleep, and they're like, okay... Sleeping pills, and I swear I remember it being an ambient, you know, because I think it was before it started really messing people up or it was doing it, we just didn't know, right? Mm -hmm. And I still didn't fall asleep. And I, you know, start with half, okay, cool, start with a whole, go up to two if you need to. And I still would not fall asleep. I think I tried one once, and they were like, Oh, I was like, All I did was put me to sleep, that's stupid. I don't have a problem sleeping at this point in life. Is it going to fix my life where all you're doing is putting me to sleep for eight hours. So I have eight hours less of thinking about my problems? Okay. That doesn't help me. I need my life to turn to turn around. <laughs> so, yeah. Shereen dead. And I, you know, I'm only going to live to 50 because I'm constantly stressed out. <laughs> so it's all funny games. till you know, the high blood pressure kills me, but I am impervious to relaxation. So
0: if anybody would like to uh, reach out to us with um, drug recommendations for sure
1: <laughs> Exactly. That won't give me schizophrenia. So no yes. hallucinogen. Thank you. <sighs> uh, but okay. So, <laughs> so went off on a tangent there. But Surprise. Any other questions did you have?
0: Um, I was just kind of curious if there is a difference, but I again I guess yeah, I mean I know everybody's different. So I think that's what it was just me being curious if there's a difference between between medically induced and uh more naturally occurring um shireen. How I mean is there an end in sight for taking this medicine? How are you approaching this?
1: So I just stopped taking it. Um, Downside, my fibroids are not cured. However, it was really interesting to see everything come back. Because then, like, everything I was like, maybe that was, you know, the things that I thought maybe estrogen was to blame for, I could now confirm once I started getting it back. And um, it was weird because then I was like, oh, I don't, okay, I've had less heat flashes today. And then eventually it moves on to, I didn't have any today, you know, or, but tomorrow, yes. And then the next, you know, the day before, yes. So it was, it was neat watching the heat flashes go away. Um, and my sex drive came back very sporadically. Like I'd have this, I don't even want to say a feeling cause it's not an urge or anything. It was, it's almost like a ding, Hey, I used to like sex. <laughs> Maybe I want to have it. <laughs> and then, like, there was, and then you know, I'd be like, I'd get distracted, like, okay, didn't think about it again. And then later on again, it'd be like, <laughs> and I'd be like, Derek, do you want to have sex? Like, oh no, not right now. Okay. And then I'd not be butthurt. Not upset. <laughs> go on with my life and it was another week until I wanted it again. Um, so, but my, oh, I forgot to mention dry as a bone down there. That's what's causing the the pain. Yeah. um, (laughs) Yeah. Like painful. And I don't care what they say. Like lubricant does not do anything. It's still painful. Um, but my lubrication came before my desire came back. So that was interesting too. Um, yeah, but yeah, so I'm relatively normal. I think I still have moments where I'm like, do I fully have my brain back yet? I don't know. Because <laughs> the has also played a number these days, you know? Oh my gosh. And, yeah. So, um, yeah, to watch it slowly come back was kind of cool. Uh, but, yeah, I, I now am having to look into, I might have to end up getting a hysterectomy. But when I went to my doctor initially, I was just like, I'm not ready to completely close the door to children. So I'm not ready for a hysterectomy yet. Because at first she was like, just get them. Me. It's fine. <laughs> I was like, I was almost ready to do it, but then I read about what the surgery does, like how they have to like find a way to tack up your ovaries, essentially, because they can't just be free hanging once the uterus comes out. <laughs> and I was like, that thank was you one look. of my questions. It's like, where did they go? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where do they go? Maybe I have it wrong. Um, I hope to God I have it wrong. Th- they're in there somewhere (laughs) right but they basically have to find a way to attach them to some part of your body basically like adhesions essentially end up keeping them in place um but like when you think about it like in my head my uterus was this huge thing and it was like like oh my god when they take it out it's gonna be like cavernous in there your uterus is smaller than the size of your fist oh yeah and, Except, like, and so, like, it grows like 300 times, right? When it, you have a baby. Yeah. And so, it's really, that's really not that much space. <laughs> and your insides feel a little weird for the first couple of weeks, like, everything's getting used to where it needs to be again. But, like, yeah, I'll notice after a while. I mean, and I remember some lady. Wait, so did you. Are you losing weight as a result of your regular menopause? Um, no, I am losing pound by pound very slowly as a result of trying to work my ass
0: off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations, and not that I'm saying you should, but uh, the only reason I ask because I remember um having a phone call with a customer, and she's like she was you know kind of a unusual human, and she's like, I remember mentioning she used to be sick. And she got a hysterectomy, and so they have to do. Ca- she's like, can you believe it? They call it cavern check. They have to check my cavern. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. And she's like, yeah. I used to be fat. Now I'm skinny. I'm too skinny. I have to worry about that. <laughs> but I used to be fat. <laughs> and mind you, the weight she mentioned was like my exact weight, and I was like, that's rude as fuck. And then oh, she even said her height. Uh, we were the exact height, and I was like, ouch. <laughs> Anyway. I lost I lost a little <laughs> bit right off the top, but I yeah. think it was maybe like four pounds, like in the beginning, yeah. but then the rest of it, like, wow. uh, I've just been, once I could go back to the gym after, you know, however many weeks, I just started to, and it was the first time in years that I could actually work out with my body letting me do stuff, yeah. and so, slowly but surely, some of it's coming off. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Yeah. I'm at a point in life where I just have to be happy when I maintain. I'm like, hey, I did not gain weight. Gain me. (laughs) (laughs) The biggest thing for me afterwards was I made the decision that no matter what the weight and, like, yes, I want to get to the point where I'm stronger and healthier, but, like, my body has been through enough. Like, I'm just going to love it. It's now survived years and years and years of being in pain and trying to kill me and Whatever and now we can have this like positive relationship and that's a good thing. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I'm also a little yeah. horrified that you, um, target when you were 16. Like you were in the middle of your hormone development and they cut yeah. off your estrogen. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and and one of the reasons. Oh. Hey, hush. Um. One of the times I went on. <laughs> the medication. I was on it for three years, and the doctors really couldn't tell me what the long term effects of it would be um, if I'd stayed mm-hmm. on no longer. But I also financially, my insurance had stopped paying for it after six months, so I was basically going month by month paying cash for it. One month, putting it on a credit card the next month. Oh, geez. So that That's was thousand dollars a month. Oh, it was, okay, it was it's $5 more $5 now, now but yeah. Oh yeah. hell no. And so, by the time I was 30, I had racked up like $9,000 worth of medical debt just by getting those shots.
0: Oh, jeez. No. Yeah. Nobody ever talks about that-, that. Usually, it's like, oh, I couldn't pay for this surgery, or you know, I couldn't pay for my blood pressure medicine. But yeah, you never hear about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Here's a quick tip, though. If somebody needs a surgery, if you end up having a surgery and you get a bill and you can't pay for it, uh, call your medical provider. Ask them for a detailed printout of what they charged you and tell them you want to pay cash. They'll usually knock a bunch of it off from the the get-go. And then also medical debt is one of the only debts, if you have it with the hospital or doctor or whatever, that doesn't have interest. And so they'll usually build in a payment plan for you that doesn't include interest, so that would have been a much better way for me to handle it than putting it on a credit card. But I didn't know. That yeah, I like had you know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I found that too, like where, because um, you know I have insurance, but I went to go get blood. Like I just went to the doctor, got blood work, and I'm used to being an HMO with Kaiser. So you know, blood work's free. The co-pays like ten dollars. And next thing I know, I end up with a bill for six hundred dollars. And I was yeah. like, what, to, to just check my cholesterol? Fuck it, I'll take a guess, I don't care. And then, to, I called the hospital and I was like, I, there's no way I can pay this. And they're like, okay, well let's set up a payment arrangement. And I was like, oh word, y'all do that. Then, so, now I'm like, oh, yeah, slowly but surely I'll pay it. Like they just want their money. So yeah. just call them, see what they can do and yeah if you know somebody especially if you know any medical coders or anything like that get somebody in there to be like knock this off I know you're (laughs) bullshitting with this one this it wasn't necessary you know that kind of stuff because yeah that's ugh but they're yeah they're just trying to get paid so they'll let you pay it slowly if you need to Mm
0: so Shereen are you you glad that you know then what the symptoms are going to be down the line or do you wish that you not. never experienced this
1: because now i gotta do it twice and that's some bullshit so that's actually not one of those things where i'm so glad it happened absolutely not i have to do it twice Well, the only okay, hope so... i have is that sarah's telling me it'll be less intense
0: <laughs> yes oh is that what you were hoping to get out of this conversation
1: <laughs> no that's a bonus to it
0: well, yeah sure nobody wants to go through that. this you know have to go through something again but when mm-hmm. you now kind of being aware of what down the line is there do you feel better at all in any way
1: no i'm actually now living in fear of it
0: so, it, like, I'm so thank you monitor
1: my body so
0: thank you now for sharing <laughs> this with me so i can look yeah. forward to this <laughs>
1: Yeah. Well, see, I I, I just, just hope think. that it's long enough away for you guys that you forget that we ever had this conversation. <laughs> and it'll be like I sometimes. do hope. Yeah, I agree. Like I hope it put a pause on my cycle enough. <laughs> I can't, like it, somehow I messed up my hormones, and I'm going to get an extra year or two of <laughs> not okay, having. to it do just it. added that time on the back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm hoping for time <laughs> multiplied it because I only had to do it for four or five
0: four. you should definitely become a doctor <laughs> <I
1: should. laughs> my math is really gonna get me in the door uh. <laughs> on a side note on a side note I actually want to Kim K my way to being a lawyer <laughs> 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 that's my goal uh if you do that, I'll Kim K. my way into being an astronaut. <laughs> I, do you know what I'm talking about, though, when I say that Kim K. my way? You're going to say you want it really bad and then do it from home and write the president about it? Mm-hmm. No. So she came out like, I'm going to become a lawyer. And everyone's like, um, how? You don't even have a bachelor's degree. Like you barely made your way out of high school. Or no, like I guess you went to community college a little bit. And after the whole like writing the president about letting this chick out, what had happened was that she figured out that you can you you basically like intern your way but not quite as simplistic you one, I think you are required to have a bachelor's degree, so she, on top of everything, has to get a bachelor's degree. But for a year, you're working, like, you work with a the lawyer, then within six months, sorry, within six months, you have to take what they call the quote-unquote baby bar. And you pass it, and then they agree to let you continue doing this. And so you're basically just working apprentice, like an apprenticeship and then have to take the bar and pass it. And it takes at least like three years to do this. of working with a lawyer, 32 hours a week. Kim K, tells me Kim K. is not working 32 hours a week at this. Yeah, I'm getting that impression well, too. I mean, so here's the thing. This happened way more than six months ago and I have not heard one peep about it again. So I'm pretty sure it just means she didn't pass the, the quote unquote baby bar. Yeah, my and if she on can't that. pass the baby bar. She's not passing the real bar. The real bar is really hard. Well, they just don't even let you move forward in the process. Like, you're done if you don't pass yeah. the baby bar. So, that's essentially what happened there. And, um, or what I assumed happened there. But, if one is smart enough to pass this baby bar and then the real bar, you save $200,000 in law school fees.
0: Do you, but when you're working, do you have to work for free? Or can you get paid when you're like, in
1: quote unquote, interning"? No, they can technically pay you. They're just probably only going to pay you at the rate of like a legal assistant, maybe right. a like, paralegal. you'll get paid the same as like a paralegal, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Which isn't much money. I'm not poo-pooing. Mm-hmm. Oh, are you a paralegal? I work at a law firm. You're that. not. And I make more money than a paralegal, too. When did you leave the chiropractor place?
0: Sure uh, we we got a lot ago. to catch up.
1: <laughs> three, I mean, three years ago, I started working in the accounting department of a law firm. Okay. Funny, Jeanette, we talked about this. I can go apparently a year and a half and think I talked to somebody last month. <laughs> so, well, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> so you, you being there, mind you, you can now baby bar your way. <laughs> Making <Maybe laughs> MK your way to be a lawyer. <laughs> nah. Um, we deal with asbestos litigation, and that stuff's nasty. And I don't want to be a lawyer. What kind of litigation? You guys work really hard out with asbestos litigation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, but you don't have to become an ab- as asbestos lawyer to because true <laughs> you'd be like I, thanks for the degree later sucker <laughs> <laughs> when i went in for my interview they were like what do you know about mesothelioma and i was like i know that it is a word on commercials for law firms <laughs> 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 is it basically like copd somewhat yeah it's, it's really bad yeah um well, that's pretty cool, though. Well, yeah. if you ever get bored... Because to me... Oh, go ahead. It means that I'm partially essential. I work from the office, like, half the time, and then I work from home half the time now. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, like, life goes... That's the problem with, uh, with COVID is that life is only sort of on pause. Yeah. And... Yeah, like, people are still going to want to do legal things. Like, it kind of sucks because I have to deal with legal things. Well, I know somebody who deals with legal things. And the fact that even court dates got moved sucks. Because you're like, people's lives are on hold until that court date. So, let's mm-hmm. figure this out, please. But, anyway... I actually started taking paralegal classes, because I take classes to try to avoid my, paying my student loans for now, and I take paralegal classes, because I was like, you know, at some point, I'm probably going to want another career change. <laughs> I'm going to get myself set up, so that when it's time, I can make that pivot. Well, you heard it here first. <laughs> get your pivot ready. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm really nitpicky. It's going to be perfect.
0: <laughs>
1: Jeanette, are you getting ready to pivot?
0: Um, n- I mean, uh, no, because I'm not working right now, so I don't know where I'd be pivoting.
1: <laughs> oh, what's happening? Oh no! Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm messy buttons. I don't know how to stop this. What are you doing? <laughs> I was m- rolling around and it hit my phone, and of course, the last thing I ever looked at was Instagram. So oh. <laughs> started playing. And I was like, ah! I didn't hear anyway, anything. Sorry. Okay, good. <laughs> um, anyway so yeah. Well, Sarah, thanks for coming and explaining that. But yes, ladies, I guess the lesson of this is you should expect the worst, and then maybe it won't feel as bad. But make sure you're <laughs> rock solid in your relationship before it happens. <laughs> I mean, like, rock Can solid. Um, definitely communicate Uh, enjoy sex while you still like it Um,
0: and for the rest of us we're going to hope that um, it's not like anything Shireen's making it sound like
1: I'm not being dramatic you will find out (laughs) hopefully it's 20 years but you're going to find out oh no we're not that young anymore it's going to be way before 20 years
0: how old did you just think I was 20 years
1: she's not doing it at the age of 60 yeah not that i'm saying you're 40 but you're not closer to 60 than you are 50 so it's probably going to be more like 10 to 15 years
0: i'm gonna go with 70 i'll be 70.
1: Yeah, I get that. Oh, Jeanette, sense. you were dreaming. <laughs> yeah. Who even wants a period that long? God. I save so much money not having to get, like, pads or tampons. It was
0: Because we're Seriously. Well. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I,
1: and I, I guess. Right. are able to have white sheets and not have to worry about anything happening to them. It's pretty nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or even white underwear. Yeah.
0: Well, I'll just say this. One, I don't wear white underwear, and I don't own white sheets.
1: Well, there you go. But maybe it's because you haven't felt the freedom of menopause yet.
0: I guess, I guess. Well, thanks, lady, for really giving me a lot of information to think about.
1: Aw, thank you, lady. (laughs) It was good to hear your voice, Sarah yeah Thank you for your guys, too. Take care of yourself. You, too. Thank you. You, too. All right. All right good bye. Night guys. Bye. Bye.